Good afternoon, Footstock Club listeners, and welcome to the big January Monster preview podcast. It is always the one that gets the juices flowing. It's the biggest prize pots we currently have on Footstock. You're probably looking at around, certainly over three grand for the winner. And it is all down to game week 21 and the 10 fixtures that we have in front of us. It is going to be a big one. I am so excited every time for these monsters. As always, I am joined by David. How excited are you for this weekend? Yeah, super pumped. I got my first cash last time. So after we've had three, haven't we? So three monsters in which I've maxed entries in every single one. So I've obviously covered every possible thing and I've only got one one uh, cash. But, you know, that means I'm on a roll. So time to get to keep that going. Well, David, you know, I finished third in one. So if you need some tips, I'm just over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. I've done terrible. I'm a Tottenham supporter. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, obviously, we'll come on to it later. But my one thing that I'm so happy about is I can't pick Kane and Son. So it's fine. I, I'm probably in, this is the most confident I've been going into a monster ever because I can't pick me, me usuals, which is brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, we will get straight into it because there are 10, uh, I would say all of them are nice fixtures, but some of them are horrible to pick, that is for sure. But we start on the Saturday, the early kickoff with Everton versus Newcastle. David, this is going to be a popular one, isn't it? Yeah, first uh, first fixture on the slate where we know the team uses is always popular. Um, I guess Vestabian, Vestabian, I can never pronounce his name correctly. Vespasian, I think. Vespasian, <laughs> yeah. We'll have like uh, probably seven Everton players and he'll be leading the tournament after one fixture. <laughs> um, so you're right, it's going to be popular and it's going to be based probably around three players, Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison and Rodriguez. What I would say is, and I looked into this a little bit, Everton played a 4-4-2 the other night against uh, Leicester. They looked awful. Leicester should have won that game easily. And Richarlison, actually, um, Gomez, the central sort of holding midfielder, played further forward than Richarlison. Richarlison was awful in on uh, the right wing when normally you play in the left side of a 4 3 3. Didn't um, Dino play like left mid or something? Yeah, he played left mid and he, he actually looked quite good. He got a lot of the, you know, a lot of the possession and a lot of, um, a lot of crosses in. But Richarlison was awful there. So I'm praying, well, if I decide to go with Everton players, I'm praying they're playing 4-3-3, if, if it's the other way. I mean, they have to, really. They're playing against Newcastle. They surely have to overload. Um, in which case, Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, Rodriguez, Dinier, uh surprise goals from like Mina and Keane and stuff like that. They're, they're the, the obvious choices for me. On the Newcastle side, they are one team without... Um, some maximum and there are another team with him yeah. and it's never more evident over the last two games when he's come on they've looked so much better even for the last sort of 20 minutes so if he plays I may have one lineup with a you know a sneaky sort of Wilson some maximum but I wouldn't recommend it well, you've only got to look back to the last monster. I think was it um, Wilson and Joelington scored about ninety points between them. I think it was away at Palace, and they scored a couple of goals late on. So, wasn't you that when you cashed in though? Yes, it was. I yeah. didn't go anywhere near them, which is nice in the monster because it proves obviously with eleven players, 
you don't have to get it spot on. You can miss some and, you know, still still cash very, very nicely. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. We know that Everton will be a big pick. And actually a new update today that has come out, which has been lovely to see, is that as soon as the contest now starts, you can see percentage owned on the app and the desktop. I've been, well, maybe not the desktop, I may have jumped ahead of the game, but definitely the new app this morning on the update, you can now see the percentage of each player. So as soon as you've entered your team when the monster starts, you can really see who your differentials are. And I would imagine that there will not be many Everton differentials out there. Okay, second game, as that may be, A, the potential of skipping it to, you know, miss out on the the highly owned Everton players or attacking them. Crystal Palace versus Wolves, two very out-of-form teams. Which way do you see this way going? Uh, Sorry, just to answer your quick thought, yes, on desktop you do get ownership percentages, which I've literally just realised that I'll be losing those last... uh, few tournaments just to get a few, little gauge on who's playing what absolutely uh sorry to uh, which one we do now crystal, uh, crystal palace, palace wolves. wolves yeah crystal palace wolves so this is a weird game on the face of it they're both playing poorly but i would probably have palace as a home favorite in reality the bookies all in fact all the bookies i looked at have wolves as an away favorite which yeah, is I think that's one. very much last season bias i think that is yeah, no, I'd agree. Maybe, maybe it's the fact that Pedence is back, um, although he didn't look particularly good last night, um, the other night. Although, to be fair, I watched a lot of that game and, I don't know, the pitch looked heavy, it was tipping it down. None of the players looked particularly up for it. It was sort of heading towards the nil-nil all the way, really. But um, um, Al Nori, who often is a popular pick, especially in this, has just been... Um, um, released that he's injured so he's definitely not playing he's out of the game um which is annoying because we'll see a theme throughout this slate that there are actually very few one-star players very few yeah um I'll, I'll give you a quick list of the ones i've spotted at the end but yeah there really isn't that many um so maybe looking for a lot of two stars um on the palace sides ezra zaha um if Benteke starts, maybe him, <clears throat> but I'm not I'm particularly in love with any of them. On the Wolves side, you know, Neto, Podance, Traore, Semedo. Um, those are the ones that I would assume are likely to start. Um, all of the rest of them could be up for rotation, so I don't know whether I'd yeah. risk it. No, and obviously we saw against Chelsea they switched Semedo to left wing back and Hoover came on at right wing back. I'm Mm. assuming he's a one star off the top of my head. So he could potentially be one that comes in at right wing back. But like you say, I'm not particularly sure that I'm not particularly sure the way I want to attack that game. I mean, I I watched obviously Adamus normally scores amazingly, but he genuinely touched the ball about two times at Chelsea. I think he scored like three points or something because it was like, is it actually broken? Because even when walls are rubbish, Adamus still scores 10 um, minimum. But yeah, it's one of those that I don't really have any idea which way to play that. I think Palace could nick it 1-0. It could be 0-0. Wolves could do it a couple. So you know, we're not going to be much of a great help on that one. And to be honest, though, it could lead the way for quite a high differential pick because I can't imagine a lot of people are going to look at that slate and go, yeah, Palace Wolves is one that I want to target. So it could be one for the differential lovers out there. Manchester City, Sheffield United is the next three o'clock kickoff, which doesn't really need much of an introduction. We are full 
well aware of the fact that obviously this is definitely going to be the most selected fixture of the weekend. I don't think it will change anything. The fact that Sheffield United obviously got the positive result the other night, but I still think everyone is going to look at that and go, actually, Pep seems to be slightly more predictable. And I don't know why I'm saying that just before this monsters. I'm sure he'll, he'll throw something in there, but he seems to be you could put on that eight players that should start. Gundogan came off early. I think Bernardo came off early. Foden came off early. So those three look to be playing. Obviously, Stone, um, Diaz Stones and Cancelo and Edison obviously look to be certainties. It's purely going to be a case, David, isn't it, of three Man City, four Man City, five Man City, and which ones you put in? Yeah, I agree. Um the decisions on who's going to play or the Pep roulette. Um, in fact, Pep has literally just done his press conference and he says Gundogan will play on Saturday. No chance of the German midfielder being rested for the game. There you go. Take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Because he plays, it doesn't mean he starts. <laughs> but uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. The form he's in is just incredible. Um, it's got the highest goal total on the slate, which won't be a surprise. Although, if you do look back at the stats, Man City traditionally, although they've done reasonably well against Sheffield United, they haven't scored bundles of goals against them. Um, it makes it so much easier with no KDB because uh, he would be an interlock. Um, you know, I, I expect to see a very similar team to the other night. We may see sort of um, Jesus come in for Mares. Uh, we probably will see Fernandinho come in for um, uh, Rodrigo. Uh, Laporte still in contention. Walker's back from injury, so maybe Kinsello plays over on the left and Walker on the right. Or you know, may I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if he, after Kinsello's game the other night, he doesn't start. But you know, we never know with Pep. Um, on the Sheffield United side, Ramsdale. Yeah. If you really, you know, if you don't have any Man City players and you've got a monster entry, it's probably worth putting Ramsdale in because if they do get any result, he's going to have a big game. Yep, exactly that. Um, I think you're a very brave man for anybody to be going anywhere near that Sheffield United. But it's a big question. I think a lot of people will put maybe six or seven in. In my mind, that's probably too many in terms of Man City. What kind of numbers are you going to be looking at are you looking for kind of four or five more or less yeah I don't. the thing is on these longer slates on the bigger slates you need a bigger score to win that's fairly obvious and to get a bigger score you need more goals so you need to get more goals so unless this is seven nil or five or six nil then the chance of or if you select six or seven players the chance of all of them scoring big is quite low so Unless you like one of them is a one star stones or something like that. And, you know, he's not a lock to start. As I said, Laporte is back. So he may get the nod. You don't know. Um, so three or four, I would guess, is optimal. Yeah. You might even get away with two, though. If, you know, I think in the, the time, I think you came third and Mad Dog Beast came top. I think he had just two Man City players and they had a plum tie that time as well. Yeah. Yeah, Maris, and obviously Maris wasn't a lot to start, and he was probably one of the only people that had him, and he scored eighty points or whatever. Yeah, no, there, there's going to be a lot of ways to play that Man City game. I think a lot of the the contest is going to come down to that, and you know, it's going to be if anyone's entering one or two teams, 
you'd think they're going to go the Man City route. So potentially the only way that, you know, that's going to go in people's favour by avoiding it is those that are going to enter multiple teams where you can afford to to take one out of, of all Man City. Though even though, I mean, I haven't decided how many teams I'm going to do yet. I will probably enter the whole lot, but I'm telling myself I'm not going to. Um, I still don't think in any of them, I don't, I won't have any City players. I think in all of them, I have at least one because even if, Say, for instance, like Man City don't win that game, a midfielder in there can easily still rack up 20 points by just having that much of the ball that I'm not particularly bothered. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Going to be a very, very interesting one. Okay, the last three o'clock kickoff on Saturday is another probably unappealing um, selection in West Brom, Fulham. Big, big game down at the bottom. I would love to say that Fulham are going to hopefully turn them over because I hate West Brom and I just hate Sam Allardyce. But for, um, I have not done a lot of research into this. David, is there anything that pops up massively into your mind? No, I mean, there's a lot of value across this game. Um, Fulham are away favourites, although I really see this as probably a bit more of an even game. Um, uh, West Brom, obviously, two to one at home to win. It's not got a big go- a goal total, which you know may surprise some people, but Fulham haven't really been scoring huge amounts and West Brom have been conceding loads, but they are looking at maybe a little bit tighter. Obviously, against a team like Man City, they're going to ship goals. Um, Johnson, I think Fulham, you know, they're shown a tendency to shoot, so I think Johnson's always a good pick, although he is three stars. And, I just, I've been gr- and when you've only got 30 stars to play with, spending three on a goalkeeper who really is likely to only max out at 30 points, you know, is really, you know, I find it diff- tough to do. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got people like Pereira, who's a two-star. Snodgrass will probably get back in the team. And he's looked all right and has been on quite a lot of the set pieces as well. Um, he's only a one-star, so he does offer a bit of value. On the Fulham side, you've got the obvious ones. Again, the goalkeeper... Lookman only at two star, you know, he looks like a class player. I think Robinson's back, he's a two star, and they've looked better with him at left back. Um, Angisa obviously is just a beast in midfield. If he keeps playing like this, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets bought by a big team yeah. um, at the end of the season. Um, Cordova Reed as well, he's looked really good actually last few games. So, although, you know, on the face of it, not a particularly interesting fixture. Um, it's obviously going to be important to both these teams and, you know, there could be goals in it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like I'm trying to persuade myself. Yeah. <laughs> it, it allows, there's lots of enablers in that fixture, isn't there? There's lots of enablers. Yeah, I'd agree. Probably the only way you can kind of justify having either of those teams in there is a bit of an enabler to start putting in higher stars elsewhere. But a big game down the bottom nonetheless. Okay, 5.30 kickoff on Saturday. One of the biggest fixtures of the weekend is Arsenal versus Manchester United. See, Arsenal coming off of again of another great victory uh, midweek. Three went away at Southampton. Saka again playing unbelievably well. Um, it, it pains me to say it, but he, at 19 years old, he is a fantastic, fantastic football player. So they are obviously at home to Manchester United coming off of the 2-1 shocker embarrassing defeat really to Sheffield United certainly the the second Sheffield United goal it looked like Man United were kind of just standing there like oh it's all right Sheffield United they're not going to score and then it was like oh shit too late um so yeah both coming into it on very uh opposite bits of form 
a very, again, close, close game to call. As much as I hate to say it, and even with my biased head on, I would be putting Arsenal as favourites going into this. And I love the fact that Smith-Rowe is a, a big enabler, that Lacazette is only three, Saka's only three. Um, I think they've got potentials to rack up big scores. Which way do you see this fixture game? Same as you. I think I don't know why. I think Arsenal, you know, I favour Arsenal, though the bookies across the board have got Man United as a small favourite. Uh, but I mean, it is close to a pick'em. So, um, goal total actually is surprisingly high. I think it was close to three on this one. Um, it's just, the only trouble is, and you, you're right. People like um, Smith Rowe, Party in midfield. They're both one stars. You know, they'd be really useful, but they're both fifty-fifty to play at the moment. Kirantini right. uh, is fifty-fifty to play. Obama Yang is 50-50 to play. And I'm assuming by tomorrow morning we'll know a lot more detail on that. So yeah. at the moment it's tough to call. But, you know, if some of these guys play, I think with Tierney on the pitch, Arsenal looks so much better. They just look brilliant. I mean, he looks like a world-class left-back. Smith Rowe looks brilliant. I think Parsi, you know, he creeps up with the old goal. And for a one-star, he could do a lot worse. Um, Obama Yang, you know, we've seen that he's streaky. He's got yep. three goals now in the last few games. Very so much if so. If he's back in, then, you know, taking a punt on him as well. He's not about, is he down to a three star now as well, isn't he? Uh, uh, no. no, I think he's still four. And let me uh, check okay. that now. Um, on the Man United side, I expect a pretty strong team to be put out. I expect Cavani to start up front. Um, I expect Rashford, Fernandez, Pogba to play. I think McTominay's more likely to come in in the midfield. Yeah. Um, the two-star, as is Pogba in defence. I would imagine Shaw starts. He's a two-star and he's also been taking a lot of their set pieces. Um, De Gea, I imagine, will continue in goal. And then on the, the right side, I'm not sure whether it'll be Greenwood or Martial, but I probably wouldn't want to risk either of those anyway. But um, I agree. Uh, in terms of a call, uh, I, I don't know. No, it's not a nice one, is it? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not making a call on this now. I honestly haven't decided. A lot of the late injury news will probably help me along on that one. Yeah, no, Aubameyang is still a four-star, so it's not quite as appealing. But yeah, I, I'm exactly the same as you. It's very, very up in the air, and it's one of those that could go either way on the day. There's not particularly one that stands out. Mm. So the and Saka, yeah, you're right. Saka is just a he's mm. insta-lock at the moment. 100%. His base is unbelievable as well. Even if they don't win or he scores or assists, he's still whacking in 15s like it's nothing. So, yeah, he is he's certainly very, very good at the minute. Southampton Villa is the late 8 o'clock kickoff on Saturday evening. Obviously, Villa are coming into the game um, on the back of, well, a bit of a shock defeat away at Burnley, especially after leading twice. Um, obviously, Grealish and Watkins were back amongst the goals. Southampton also coming into it off of a 3-1 loss, obviously, at home to Arsenal, where Ward-Prowse assisted Armstrong from a corner. Another tight tie at the top of the table. David, which way do you see this one? Uh, it's as close to a pick'em as pick'em's come. Yeah. Um, bookies have Villa as a fractional away favourite, which I find surprising, although Southampton's form has dipped a little bit in the last couple of games. Um on the good news for Southampton, they've got Romeo coming back. Um, 
Bertrand returns after his ban, Redmond's in for a start potentially, and Gineppo looked, it's looking like he's going to be back as well. Um, who starts out of those, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I would expect some changes maybe. You know, they lost in midweek, didn't they? Drawing a blank at the moment. Yeah, lost 3-1, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the Villa side, no new injuries, so just the two long-term injuries. Um Take your pick. They're not as appealing as previous slates because trial rate is now a two star. Uh, but Barkley's down at a two star. And he st- if you watch the game the other night, he's starting to show you know some glimpses yeah. now of that sort of relationship he's got with Grealish. Grealish is a four star, but oh my God, is he a four star? You yeah. know, it just looks so good every time I watch him. I want his legs. He's got legs like bloody tree yeah. trunks. Amazing, blah. Yeah. Um, Watkins, four-star, but I would imagine he'll be low-owned if you fancy taking a punt. Um, I favour Aston Villa in this one purely because of the sort of the amount of sort of peripheral points that the players put up, you know, in terms of shots, dribbles, you know, all of that stuff. But, you know, it is a pick And if Southampton won 1-0 and, you know, managed to shut down a lot of Aston Villa, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Exactly that. And, you know, obviously people will look at it and go Ings and Watkins on either side, but this is where you have to start taking into account that you are basically saying they have to score. If not, they are getting me nothing because Ings and Watkins do not have particularly good bases. So it's something to consider that, you know, are you going to really attack it and go, I'm putting in a team to win and is either going to score or score me nothing. That's not a problem. Or are you going to go, actually, I want a few players in there that even if they don't win or score or assist, they're still going to keep me in contention slightly. So that's certainly something to consider. Okay. The last four games on the Sunday where hopefully we go into it still with excitement and not all 10 teams are down the drain before we really get excited. The early kickoff, Chelsea versus Burnley. Chelsea, obviously on paper, this is a fixture that people will target. However, with two shell now in charge, and not a positive result midweek, you would imagine lineup prediction for this is probably going to be a little bit more difficult than City at times, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, Chelsea are the second biggest favourite on the slate. Yeah. Which I find bizarre because Burnley have, you know, apart from last the other night, even though they won the game, they conceded two goals. They haven't conceded more than one goal before them for like 11 games. And that's playing some pretty decent sides. They've looked solid at the back. They've started to look, you know, now they've got McNeil back. They start to offer more going forward. And Chelsea looking disarray. Tuchel Tuchel needs time. Um, But I was really surprised by his first team selection. I expected him to stick with the players that have been doing really well this season, like Mount. Maybe there was some injury stuff. I don't know. Um, Werner as well didn't even come on as the first sub Tammy came on instead of him which I just found bizarre apparently Tuchel likes uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi he's tried to buy him in the past um, and uh, he's probably together with Zayek if they do start they're probably the most appealing players on the slate in my yeah. opinion um, I'd be surprised if Mount doesn't start but I tried to do predictive lineups just myself, just for my own little guessing game for a few of the big teams. I've done Man City, I did Man United, Chelsea, I wrote Mendy and then question mark <laughs> every other position because yeah. I've got no idea. No. Um, so you, whatever you do, you're punting. The bookies have them as the second biggest favourite. It 
has got a reasonably high goal total, which surprises me again. But you know, the bookies tend to get these sort of things right. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Yeah, I, when I was looking at this one, I was exactly the same as you, and hudson Adoy was the only one that I would say he started, he got man of the match, he looked very good, he played the whole 90. As a one-star, you'd think he makes some sort of appearance, but like you said, I don't particularly fancy Chelsea to turn them over regardless of, mm. of who I'm picking here. I think Burnley are just a more a settled team. Like you said, they're starting to defend well. They're starting to score goals, which is, you know, crazy for them. They're always going to be dangerous at set pieces, Burnley, regardless of who they're playing. I just don't think the risk and reward for this Chelsea lineup is worth it because I think even if you nail the lineup, I still don't think that's guaranteeing you a certain amount of points. So I think it's a very high risk strategy going with Chelsea for this monster which could suit people that avoid it because I maybe a lot of people will look at it on paper and go, I'm going to put players in. But, you know, like you said, Giroud, Abraham, Werner, not got a clue. Havertz, Ziyech, Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi, Mount, Kante, Jorginho, Jorginho, um, Kovacic. It could be anyone, generally. So, yeah, I think... If you do get it right, though, there is a chance they win. And, they, you know, they've got course, the quality yeah. of team to win... 4-0 but as you said this is such a tough one to, to call yeah. very very high risk high reward that one I think um, probably one that I will put in a couple of lineups but certainly not target in, in any way shape or form okay into the last three and for me this is the fixture that is most appealing Leicester versus Leeds now we've seen how well, we've seen both sides of Leeds. We've seen the phenomenal football they can play, the attacking football they can play. However, we've also seen their lack of plan B, their lack of ability to overcome top teams. And I'm definitely putting Leicester in that top team bracket, even away at Everton the other night, even though they didn't win. They were the better team by a million miles. I think this is a really, really nice play. I think Leicester are fairly predictable team-wise. I wouldn't imagine that Tielemans or Brighton, Madison or Barnes will be dropped or Castagna or Tielemans or Fafana or anyone like that. You'd, you'd think it was pretty much be their normal team. And Leeds against good sides just seem to attack um, and not really have a plan B. So the way I'm visioning this game is Leicester are quite comfortable and they just pick Leeds off as and when they want to. Do you see this game differently? No, but again, Leicester, weirdly, their home form hasn't been as good as their away form. Yeah. Um, Leeds generally play better when teams come on to them because it leaves a bit of space for them to counter-attack, although they can beat teams, you know, any either way. Um, Vardy, obviously, is still out and uh, Prate is still out. And Didi's going to be out, I think. And Evans could be out. So maybe Siunchu comes in. Um, or Evans is 50-50 at the moment. But um, who starts at top is an interesting one. And um, with young centre-backs that uh, Leeds have, um, and we don't know who's going to play there because they've got injuries. They had another injury last game, didn't they? Laurenta had to go out as yeah. well. So I I think that Leicester might start Iheanacho. What do you okay. think, I think it's definitely the possibility to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Perez did great the other night. So, 
So if you've got 10, <clears throat> 10 entries, are we going to put 10 entries in? Maybe one with Ian Atro in? Because we've seen when Leeds concede, they can concede a boat a boatload as well. Big time, yeah. Um, obviously, the one player for me that sticks out Leeds-wise is Rafinha has just looked very, very good. And we've said this on this podcast a few times now. His, his, uh, his floor is brilliant. He suits the matrix perfectly. So if you're going to go Leeds-wise, is he the one that stands out? Yeah, I think, it, you know, he's the obvious first choice. Harrison as well has looked amazing. Bamford will have frustrated a lot of people this week because he looked rubbish and got taken off after about an hour. Uh, but Bamford in previous matches, especially if they're open, has shown that, you know, he can shoot and shoot and shoot. So, you know, he's going to get a few goals if, you know, he manages to get five or six shots on target. Uh, Dallas, <clears throat> depending on where he plays, although obviously we're not going to know that, he's always a play, but at four starts, so high. Rodrigo yeah. is still a two-star. Harrison is four stars or yeah i think it's gone up to a four yeah so that they are expensive um alioski probably will play left back still he looks like he's sort of locked into that position for the time being he's still a two star uh messlier is a great keeper but <clears throat> four stars at such a risk yeah no i think that's it isn't it leads a very high star for their potential in this game um i really like the leicester plays here i really really like the leicester plays so i think that could be quite a popular targeted fixture also final two west ham versus liverpool a game both at the top david is celebrating currently as we are recording this the day after they humiliated us do you feel like you are going to continue that form, David, or was it just because Spurs are so bad? Um, I think we started to look better actually last weekend against Man United, and obviously we ended up losing that match, but they just, we looked a little bit better going forward. I think at the, they've been so frightened with the defensive injuries that, you know, the, if you look at the average position of Salah, Mane and Firmino, Firmino, this season compared to sort of even earlier in the season or last season, they're a lot further back. And I think that there's just that sort of worry that the defence is weaker, so we have to track back further. And then, therefore, they've offered less going forward um, and there's less people in the box. Even the other night, I mean, we could have won, you know, 4-1, four, 5-1 four, one, one probably isn't that unrealistic. We had the goal disallowed, which is a little unlucky, although fairly obvious it was going to be disallowed. Um the crosses are coming in, but people weren't quite getting on the end of them. Um, that's going to change sooner or later. And we started to score goals, which, you know, it, it would be great if we can continue this. On the flip side of that, West Ham are probably the form side in the whole division at the moment. Been brilliant. Been absolutely brilliant. Thin. They're unbeaten now in six or seven. Um, they have some interesting options lower down, two-star options. <clears throat> no... <clears throat> Sorry, no one-star options, but I think that Ben Rama, Cresswell and Sofal, you know, all look good at two-star. You know, Rice, Antonio, Bowen, they're only three stars. Suchek is just, I don't know, I never get him right. He's one of those players right. that if I don't play him, he does amazingly. And if I do play him, he doesn't score. Yeah. Because he's not a defender, then, you know, he doesn't really get that many points. Yeah. Um, Liverpool, obviously, are away favourites, although it shouldn't not necessarily obvious because, as I said, West Ham are the home side. Um, 
I will probably go with a few Liverpool players uh, just because I love Liverpool and I have to try and put a few <laughs> of them in there. But on the flip side of that, I may have a couple of West Ham players as well because West Ham do look good and they have a decent base, some of them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we saw obviously Trent last night. Do you think he's finally coming back into form? I think he's still only a three-star, so obviously slightly more favourable than Robertson in the fact that he saves you a star. Yeah, news broke a couple of weeks ago that he had uh, he picked up COVID in pre-season and actually affected him. For They didn't want to release it, but it affected him for a few months. And so, you know, doesn't that really tracks with his sort of form sort of definitely through the first part of the season. I think that recently he's still, he's, if you look back, he's started putting in a load of crosses now. People were saying that none of the crosses were accurate, but I put that down to as much the strikers as the defenders, because if no one's there to get on yeah. to the end of it, you know, that's not his fault. He's been putting the balls into the same position. He's always been putting them in. Um, and I think that will change. So, yeah, I think he's actually TAA. He's probably a good buy in the market as well at the moment. I think he's down under 20 quid. And we're yep. showing that when he gets going, he can be a regular sort of 30, 40 you know, even 50 points, toward 50 points last night. Yeah. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if his price starts to shoot up if he continues this form. Well, I'm actually nice and sure. Last night he was around £19. I looked earlier and I think he's up to £24 already, actually. He okay, is yeah, £24.38. So, you know, that's a £5 swing in a, in a night. So certainly anyone that, you know, moans about trading is always there. It's always there. Okay, final game of the weekend and where a few people will be getting squeaky bum time at the top of that table. Brighton versus Spurs. I think after yesterday, this definitely is now a much less appealing fixture than it was. Obviously, the loss of Kane kills us in pretty much every single way. He's the leader on the pitch. He's our best creator on the pitch. He's our best finisher on the pitch. He's the one that holds the ball up and allows us to get out where we sit back so I just think it takes away any sort of any sort of drive to want to pick Spurs in this game week for me um I don't know how he's going to do it I still don't think Vinicius will start I think he will move Son up top I would like to think that this is the sort of game where now Bale has to start because we need characters in there and it would be Bale Bergwin either side I think he'll move Tangy back up to number 10. Winks will come into the middle alongside Hoybier, Davis, Doherty, Rodon and Dyer, probably, which is just a terrible, terrible defence. And this is why I've been one of Mourinho's biggest critics, but yesterday showed me why we have to play defensively and counter on teams because our defence is so bad. As soon as they become exposed we look like a genuinely like a relegation team, which is why I think Marina's gone, well, they're that, we're going to have to deal with it. So we're going to sit back and we're going to have to counter because Hoybier and Sissoko have basically babysitted that back four this year because that is how bad they are. So now this become a game where, for me, the only player I'll even debate putting in at any stage is probably Ndombele as a two-star that has a, has a great floor and maybe Son in a couple of lineups in the hope that he might do something or bail. But... I just don't think I'm going to put many players from this fixture in. David, with the unbiased head, do you see it as slightly better than I do? I still have Spurs as a decent favourite. And predominantly, I mean, the bookies do too. 
Um, the odds obviously changed after last night, after Kane going out, as you'd expect. Um, I think Brighton play an attacking sort of style of football that still doesn't play or still f sort of falls into sort of the way Mourinho plays. Mourinho is still going to want to play on the counter-attack. That's what he likes to do. He's away from home. And I know Kane's out. And I, I personally, from because I love this player, I'd love to see Bale start. Um, I think the, the, game, the cup game the other day, admittedly against sort of, you know, low-quality opposition, I think he just, you know, looked a class player. He was getting shots, you know, he was moving the ball a bit more. And I think he just needs a bit of confidence. He needs game time. Exactly. And if they want him to start, if they want him to stay, and Spurs players and Spurs fans want him to stay, and he's going to need to play, and he's going to need to prove himself. And this is his opportunity. This is why he was brought in. So <laughs> I bet it will be Lucas or Lamella. I, I still think it'll be bad. No, I agree with you as well. I won't be putting just to get this straight. I don't think I'll be putting bad in any teams. No, but I think that it should start him. Um, but I still will be playing like Son. Um, Maybe Ndombele, Ndombele just looks class in the glass. The guy Unbelievable. Beast, yeah. The amount of times he got it yesterday and he just has someone like up his ass and he just goes, what are you doing? Just turns him like it's nothing. Like he is unbelievable. Exactly. So strong with the ball as well. Yeah. But uh, on the Brighton side, um, it looks like there's no people coming back from injuries. Lamptey's still oh, two or three weeks away. Welbeck's training next week, but he's still out. Um Going forward, though, uh, Mope, he's getting so many chances. I think he's going to start scoring at some point. It wouldn't surprise me if it's this game. Veltman down the right in um, place of Tariq Lamptey is looking really good. Sanchez in goal. He's a one-star. That's gold yep. on the slate. Um, Pascal Gross as well. He's on a lot of their set pieces. Um, I don't know whether it'll be on penalties, but he has taken them in the past. Hmm. Um, he's a decent prospect. Also, he offers decent open play scoring potential. Not so much recently, but he has done in the past. Uh, McAllister as well, another player I love, a young player. Yeah, really good. Um, so, yeah, i probably favour Spurs, but I will have a couple of lineups with Brighton players in. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go and turn us over. So before we finish, and David, you said you've got a, a little list of kind of what lower star options that you've picked out that might be of use to footstock users this weekend. Yeah, so we've got, I mean, in, normally on a slate, a slate like this, you'd see people trying to ram in as many five stars as possible. But with Kane out, KDB out, Bruno in a tough away fixture, Son hasn't got Kane with him, and Salah's in a pretty tough away fixture, really, against a form side. Yeah. None of them look particularly appealing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still will have a few of them in some yeah. sides. So the one stars aren't quite as essential, but if but there's still going to be a lot of four stars you want to play. There's still going to be loads of three stars you want to play. Um, so we've got on the one star side, these are the obvious ones that I've seen. There's probably going to be others. Smith Rowe, Tiago, um, Ziech, Callum Hudson Adoy, Stones, Matip, Craig Dawson. Uh, scored a goal in midweek, never know. Uh, Sanchez, the Brighton goalkeeper, Pascal Gross, um, Fernandinho. If you're looking for cheap Man, uh, Man City as well as um, Stones, he potentially an option. Used to score a bit more, 
um, hasn't it recently, but can assist as well. I think he got an assist a couple of games ago. Yeah. And Snodgrass is shaking off his injury, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't start. Yeah. The only one that I think you said, um, Matip, but I think Klopp said's injured. Uh, oh, sorry, did I have Matip? That, I wrote this list the other day. So. Yeah, no, yeah, obviously went off half-time last night. Yeah, I think Klopp yeah, said yeah. he's... Uh... Like even one, you know, and as we said, Smith-Rowe is a doubt through injury. Yeah. Um, and Ziyech and Kalamazan Adoy, we just don't know. No, yeah, yeah. Well, it is a, a very interesting time. My job now, I've given myself half an hour for my last lesson of the week to have a quick scroll through and start planning some of these teams. Are you going with all 10 teams, David? Yeah, no, I've got uh 12 tickets or something, so yeah, I'll. Probably pick up either an Mbappe or Sancho and um, beautiful. stick another 10 teams in this and hopefully get one cash again. <laughs> yeah, I won't say how embarrassing my month's been in the fact that I've got a lowly three tickets. But, you know, sometimes it happens, David, and all it takes is one ticket. Like we've seen, I think, two of the four monsters, or we had three? Three monsters, yeah. And two, two of, of the three have guys. come from single ticket entries. So it is definitely not all about entering fully. It is about making those selection count. David, all the best with the monster this weekend. What are your targets? What would you be happy with? I would really love a top 10. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'd like to win it. Everyone wants to win it, but a top 10 would be nice. Yep, uh, yeah, I'm always the same. If I can just make some profit on it, that would be lovely for me. So we wish you all the best, obviously, not quite as good luck as hopefully we will have. And we will speak to you next week for the midweek games. Bye-bye.